Boundaries are so important as an entrepreneur because there's nobody else telling us what to do. So we have to tell ourselves what to do. And we are the people who are most likely to then push those boundaries. You know, one of the things I teach is how to do marketing in under an hour a week. And the first step is picking that hour. Like pick an hour, put it on your calendar and make sure that absolutely nothing else is allowed to be scheduled during that time because it's really enticing to, you know, help. Oh, I've got this client project. I'll just, you know, I need to put that first. I need to put that first. But it's important to work on our business too, right? It's so important to work on our business too. So if we constantly put us at the bottom of the list, and it's not just in business, right? Entrepreneurs put their self-care, they put their personal time, they put everything at the bottom of that list and it needs to move up a little bit. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 675. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. If this is not your first show, you know that I have said over and over again, good things come to those who wait. And when conversations like this are delayed, it's for a reason. And I have no doubt that our guest today and I are going to have one of those conversations that wouldn't have meant the same thing if we had it a year ago. But our guest today is Kim Whitecamp. Kim is a copywriter and a marketing strategist. And I didn't even ask you, I'm so used to calling myself Kim. Do you prefer to go by Kimberly? Uh, Usually I go by Kimberly, but Kim is fine. No worries. Okay. Well, I'll call you Kimberly. That will keep us straight and it will make the transcription a lot easier. But Kim, I'm so happy that, we'll see, now I just brain farted that. (laughs) I'm just going to call you Kim, okay? Because I won't remember. That's so rude, but it's just being honest. I'm so happy to finally have you on in the midst of everything that has happened in the last year. I mean, six, I don't know, countless, countless extra months with my kids at home has done amazing and ridiculous things for my business, as I'm sure it's done for so many other people's businesses. But I'd love for you to introduce yourself better to the audience, let them know what you're up to, and then we'll jump into all the rest of the awesome stuff. Absolutely. So Kim, I just want to say thank you so much for the invitation to be on the show. I'm excited to be here and talk with you about positive productivity because it's one of a very popular topic for me as well. But I am a copywriter and marketing strategist. Basically, all that means is that I write the words for my clients that get their message in front of the right people for them. And the right people is like the really important key because if we're talking to the people that aren't a great fit for us, then it's a completely different story. So yeah, I'm a copywriter. I work at the Audience Converter. That's my company. And I love talking copy and marketing. That's a big discovery that I made in the last year is the right people and also pursuing the right things in my business because I was pursuing money 100%. And okay, I have to ask you, when we met for the very first time, okay, we Mm. met at an event. I'm not going to say the event name, okay? I just need to be very honest about that. Did I come up and tell you, and I was sober when I was doing this to other people, I was really hot. I was trying to cool off. I had sat down next to the pool and put my feet, my legs into the water. I had not dressed slacks, but I managed to sit in a huge puddle of water. Were you one of the people that I came up to and said, hi, my name is Kim and my butt's wet? 
<laughs> I do not believe so. No. Okay. We had a couple of conversations on the chairs by the pool, but not like okay. in the pool. Yeah. So this was one of the evening, like the evening party before everything began. And I was completely sober that night. I've actually since given up drinking. So, yeah. And I was sober then when we met because during daylight hours, I think I remember that now. I was sober during daylight hours. (laughs) Nighttime hours after that first night, I cannot guarantee. But I know that when I was telling people, hi, my name's Kim and my butt's wet, I was still sober, which is surprising. How has your business shifted? Because I want people to hear that even in the midst of chaos, we can still have amazing changes for the good. It doesn't have to be bad. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? My story is one of those things where it was it was actually the right timing. So when we met, I had a different company. It was a different name. I was still doing copywriting, but it was for a very specific industry. And that industry was the travel industry. I had made the choice to start transitioning because at that event, I met so many amazing people. And I was like, these are the people I want to talk with. These are the people I want to work with. They're making changes in the world. Uh, You know, they're entrepreneurs, they're go-getters, and they're really invested in their own success. So I was finding that in the industry I was working in, you know, it was a job to these people. They, you know, it was like, oh, somebody else is going to make that final decision. So the process for working with people was very long. It was very drawn out and was very frustrating. Um, So I decided to make the change to becoming the audience converter. And I launched the audience converter podcast and the audience converter brand two months before lockdown. So I was coming from an industry who had no connections to my new audience, my new network. I was like, I have to build my network from scratch. Oh gosh, I had already built this network for four years. I have to restart over. This is not fun. And then uh, lockdown happened. And I was like, well, I'm still having to completely rebuild my network. I'm starting from scratch. However, I had a little bit of momentum and suddenly everyone was open to have networking calls online instead of in person, which was amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Where I live, like all of the, you know, people kept telling me, oh, you should go in person. You should go in person. I was like, but the people in person are those who are like the chamber of commerce or they own brick and mortar businesses, which is not who I work with. So I was like, what is the point of me going in person? But people weren't willing to, you know, do stuff virtually. And then suddenly lockdown happened. We were all ready to do stuff virtually. So I saw so much growth just in my network and growing my list. Uh, my list is like 10 times bigger than it ever was for the four years I worked in the travel industry. I've, you know, made a lot of really great connections and I'm starting to see a lot more forward momentum with, you know, people being like, okay, it's been six months. Things aren't really going to be changing for back where it was anytime soon. So I guess it's time to move forward. So now people are getting ready and ready to move forward. And all of those connections I've made over the last six months are really starting to pay off. So while it was a little strange (laughs) to be like, oh, brand new business, brand new uh, network, it was also good timing because guess who's not hiring people to work on their marketing right now? Right, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so where again are you located? Because I know I'm in Southwest Ohio. I'm in the St. Louis area of Missouri. However, I don't live in the city. I live like 50 minutes away. Yeah. And any kind of, you know, events that would happen in person were always deep into the city at like five o'clock, which meant I would have had to leave at like Mm -hmm. 3.30 to do traffic and everything. So it's a very uh, interesting place. So I got that argument a lot of time. Kim, you should go in person. Kim, you should go in person. And here in my town, the networking or yes, there's a chamber of commerce, but the local networking groups were like the car mechanics and the mm-hmm. salon owners and the local chiropractor. And I'm not saying anything negative about any of them, but those are not my ideal clients. And 
I realized I had a brain fart in the middle of my thought earlier that that's what I realized in the last in the last year since we met was I need to stick to who I want to work with. And I was working with business and life coaches and then taking on extra, but I never even got really specific on what type of business and life coaches. So I was Mm -hmm. taking on a lot of, I mean, my faith is really important to me, but I was taking on a lot more woo than, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm Christian and a little bit of, Law of attraction, you know, positive thinking, positive productivity, go figure. Exactly. Yeah. But as far as astrology and Mercury retrograde and knowing the chakras and reading tarot cards, that's all like Greek to me. Mm-hmm. Not even Greek. It's like an ancient hieroglyphic that nobody understands. So I wasn't able to connect. I didn't, I didn't understand. I need to wait for this download to come because I can't feel it yet. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't. I realize that so much of my network can also be having other marketing automation experts and marketing strategists, perhaps you, who understands that language and can work with them. Because when I try to, it's going to be an uncomfortable situation for both of us and nobody's going to be happy in the end. Oh, I think it's so important really to like know exactly who you're not working with and who's not a fit for you. So I've had people approach me or I've even been referred to people and it's like, oh, they're in the, you know, they've built like this financial software. And after speaking with them, I was like, you know what? I can't in good faith tell you I can help you because what they were doing, I had absolutely no background in. I had no experience in. It would have been like 50 hours of research to catch up to even understand what they were doing so I could then translate it to how they could help other people. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to refer you to someone else because that's not me. And I, I've started really realizing, you know, who are the people I can help and who are the people that, sure, I could help them potentially, but should I? And the answer is no, because it's a better fit for them to go and meet with people who have more of a background or at least have more of an understanding or in their, you know, in their niche. Absolutely. And then there's also like the, there might be the best, like the good fit for client, but they might not, or they might want work that you don't do. I mean, I've had people mm-hmm. come who are life coaches and want social media management. And it was so tempting to say yes, just for the money. But I realized, no, because I'm going to resent, I'm going to resent the work. And that's a really strong word I understand. But I know I can't charge for social media management what I can charge for my genius zone and having to put myself in that work for hours every day versus the high higher ticket that would also pay me to work on my business, I would resent every single minute of it. And what's happened is since I re- will refer that work out, now they'll come back because they appreciate that I sent the to someone else who was better and they're coming back for the higher level stuff. Have you noticed that? Definitely. I think I've noticed, and at first I was a little bit resentful of it, but now I'm realizing it's just another opportunity that there's a lot of people out in uh, the world of entrepreneurs who don't necessarily understand what a copywriter or a marketing strategist does. So marketing strategy, the word strategy is in it, which means I give you the strategy. I'm not the person who implements 
that's you. Because as you said, right, social media, for example, I can tell you, you know, what to do daily, how to make sure that you're leading people to the right place, how to make sure you have the right call to action in place. But if you want someone to post onto your group, and if you want somebody to like, you know, go and engage on your behalf, I'm like, that's not me. That's not where my, you know, as you said, right, your your zone of genius or your genius zone is. So I've found that, you know, it's really important to work in your area, but also I've started to grow my network of people who it's like, oh, this is what you're looking for. Great. I'm going to send you to this person because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Or this is, uh, you know, someone who comes to me and uh, I just had a call uh, the other day, you know, they came to me and they had, they were looking to build their five-day challenge. So, I mean, that's like a huge undertaking. Lots were you things. like listening to my brain when I was in the shower this morning? Because that's exactly what I'm thinking about right now is what my five-day challenge was. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. So they came to me for their five-day challenge and they had in their head like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a couple of emails and, you know, I'll need to like make a Facebook group. And when I explained to them that there were probably about 35 to 50 different pieces of copy and then they told me their budget, I was like, well, you know what, though, because I've started working on this reframe, I was like, what I can do is we can do a couple of consults and brainstorming calls instead. And that's in your budget range. And you can get a lot of ideas and understand exactly what you need and what to put in place and how to put it in place. But then you can go and take those outlines and create it yourself if you don't have the budget to hire Mm -hmm. someone to create an entire funnel for you. Because a lot of people think, oh, uh, a five-day challenge, it's so much easier than a full-scale launch. And I'm like, a five-day challenge is a launch. It really is. It's just a different name. It's just a different style. And it has just as many pieces in it. But people forget about that. And that's exactly why I'm thinking about it is because it's leading into my launch. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about all my people don't even think about all the naming possibilities. What do their people need mm-hmm. or want? Want. Let me clarify want. that. What yes. what want do they want? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, now what do I name this? So it makes sense because as a copywriter, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, tons of fluffy text and they don't know what the heck they're actually getting out of it because there's all these just empty words that fill up a page and then they're like okay so you do what what am I getting out of this oh absolutely or the names I I just attended a podcasting event and people were you know throwing out their potential names and my first question to every single one of those names was is that the language your audience uses Because I understand that like you understand what you're talking about, but I have no idea if I just saw that title, what on earth would I get out of it? And it's the same type of thing with a five-day challenge. Like if you tell me you're going to do a five-day challenge for, I don't know, you know, landing pages made easy. Okay. Then I know exactly what that's going to entail. But if it's something like uh, increased conversions when people join you, it's like, Okay, but uh, in what way? You know, what part are we focusing on? I can't even come up with a bad name right now. But, uh, you know, I've seen some five-day challenges where I'm like, how does that relate to what you do? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. Okay, can I ask you a selfish question? Because this is what I was – listeners, like, I have chronic idea disorder. I get all ideas all the time for other people, mm. okay, for other people. And right now I'm challenged because I have a 30-day – work smarter, not harder challenge. Mm -hmm. And 30 days is really long. I fully understand that, but it's really specific. I'm breaking down each day into one actionable strategy, but I realize that is not going to work for a launch. 
if they want to do it in the long run, great. I probably will just convert it into a, a course. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, like, because that's the same idea that I want to use, like the five day work smarter, not harder challenge. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Or is and that still uh, fluffy? I don't think it's fluffy. Work smarter, not harder. I think you should have a subtitle. Yeah. With like, what are their expected results? Like, am I going to reclaim an hour a week? Am I going to suddenly find myself with a free morning? Do I get to reclaim my mornings? That's really popular. You know, what does work smarter, not harder? I understand the idea behind it. I kind of understand the philosophy. But I think for five-day challenges, people really like to know, okay, I go through these five days and this is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already know what I mean. I just never put the two together. So thank you. Helping entrepreneurs get away from their business and back into bed. Back into bed at a reasonable hour, right? Yeah, exactly. Not two o'clock in the morning unless you are a night owl. (laughs) And there's no like wink, wink here. That's optional. Please sleep. Like I always get these raised eyebrows. Like, are you telling people to go have sex? (laughs) No, actually. That's uh, their interpretation. That's because that's their interpretation. Of and I can said. think dirty just like everybody else. But what I, I mean, I just need to put it out there. I mean, I've had to build better boundaries. And some of those boundaries have even come from my husband. Mm. No pun intended. I told you I can say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get myself in so much trouble. But here's the hours that I'm open for business, sweetie. Mm-hmm. When it's my bedtime, when it's my sleep time, and it's a weeknight. <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> there you go it is boundaries are so important as an entrepreneur because there's nobody else telling us what to do so mm-hmm. we have to tell ourselves what to do and we are the people who are most likely to then push those boundaries yeah you know one of the things I teach is how to do marketing in under an hour a week and the first step is picking that hour Like pick an hour, put it on your calendar and make sure that absolutely nothing else is allowed to be scheduled during that time because it's really enticing to, you know, help. Oh, I've got this client project. I'll just, you know, I need to put that first. I need to put that first. But it's important to work on our business too, right? It's so Mm -hmm. important to work on our business too. So if we constantly put us at the bottom of the list and it's not just in business, right? Entrepreneurs put their self-care, they put their personal time, they put everything at the bottom of that list and it needs to move up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that when school got back in session this year, that I would have so much more free time. But because I've gotten better at my boundaries, I've also freed up all this time that was previously going to client stuff Mm. for going to kid activities, which I missed so many for every other year. But last night was Girl Scouts. Tonight is a soccer game. Tomorrow night is soccer for my daughter. Thursday night is another soccer for my son. And in the past, I wouldn't have had that time. I was like the absentee mom. Mm. There was like an invisible wall. So it's nice to have it. But now I'm like, okay, great. My business has the time it needs. My family has the time it needs. Now what about me? Yes. Now it's time to make sure you have the time you need for sure. Without getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I'm not that person who, you know, all the productivity stuff that's usually out there is like, oh, you have to start your day at 5 a.m. and with a workout and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. that's not my morning. My morning starts at eight. 
I tried three days last week. No, I didn't try. I actually succeeded. I got up at 5.30, journaled and read for about 45 minutes, and then rode the bike, my exercise bike, and then took my older two to the high school. By 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to go take a nap. And I was like, what was the point of all that? When I have to go take a nap in the middle of the afternoon and for the hour before that, I've been so tired that I could barely focus. This is not working for me. I'm going to have to find another way to get this in. Oh, absolutely. Or um, you find yourself just staring at your screen and it's been three hours and you're like, I did something, but I have no idea what I just accomplished Mm -hmm. because, oh, you know, I got up early and I started right, but I don't know what I just did because your brain's not there and that's, it's not the way to work. And getting up at 5.30 for me involves going to bed by 11 and while that might seem late, like reasonable to some people, my husband is not a morning person. He gets up when I tell him he needs to get up to take the littles to school. Mm. But that's eight o'clock so that they can be out the door at 8.30. And if I go to bed at 11, I've barely seen him at night with all the kids stuff, especially right now. I mean, we have four, they're limiting attendance at sporting events. Sorry mm. to give more context than people really need. But between my ex and I, we're using three out of the four tickets. So I can't take the whole family to a game. So yeah. if I were to go to bed at 11, it's like, uh, nice to see your face. Sorry, we didn't get to talk today. <laughs> that, yes. that doesn't work for me. And when you and I met last year, my husband and I were on the brink of divorce because he never saw me. I had to make a change. Well, it sounds like you've made a change and now it's just time to make a little bit more of one, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now all the, it's like a quilt. I've had all these quilt pieces. Oh, that would be a good name for this episode, putting the quilt of business together. You know, it's because it's very easy for all of us to have that. We have this idea here, this idea here, this idea, Mm -hmm. but how do they work together? And I'm sure you've seen it in your clients. They have this challenge and they have this course idea and they might have this and this and this, but they feel disjointed, but just a little bit of the right thread. And it's like a magical blanket. Yes. Uh, Mm. Actually, in copywriting, we call it the golden thread. And that's the idea that you have a certain idea that you put throughout a sales page or, you know, you put throughout something that's marketing so that if you introduce this concept or this thought at the very beginning, then you refer back to it to, you know, a third of the way down, two thirds of the way down at the end as well, so that it kind of makes people feel like they're reading a story. Um, And it, you know, it's the golden thread. It ties everything together. And when I work with my clients, I find a lot of times they have more than they think they have, but because they're like you and their ideal overload, right? They have so many different ideas. They've gotten started, said, oh, it didn't work and then turned to something else. Or they got started, said, oh, that worked great. Now I need a new idea. Instead of realizing that people encounter you at new times throughout your business life. So something you created three years ago if it's still evergreen material, if it's still relevant, you can repurpose, you can reuse it and get in front of brand new people and your audience changes as your business changes. So when you get in front of those new people now, it's you know it's a brand new opportunity, but it's also a great untapped resource because suddenly it's like you had this thing three years ago and now you can use it. And these are people who've never seen it before 
it's brand new for them. It's a new aha movement for them and they love it. And you don't have to go and create something completely brand new. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. I had last summer, like 14 different opt-ins. 14. That's a lot. Yeah. And none, today I have three because I realized, okay, this doesn't go to any type of product that I want to, it doesn't go to any product because I don't have one for it. Mm -hmm. I just had this idea. I wanted to build my list, but it's sort of, it's, yes, it was helping the people who opt in. But in my mind, it didn't feel good to me because I'm not leading them to anywhere better, right? Yes, they could get into my big bucket and like it, but I want them to know exactly what they're getting in for. And I want it to be congruent with what they signed up for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, one of my three now, because I've become a lot more honest about who I am too. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about this because I think... A lot of entrepreneurs feel like they need to have on their perfect face all the time when they actually don't. But mm-hmm. one of my one of my giveaways is my next level weekly tracking spreadsheet. And I gamify my week. I'm a gamer. I talk about productivity all the time. But when I have my me time, I am a gamer. So I want to earn my experience points even in my business and <laughs> reach next level, you know, entrepreneur. And now I'm sharing that. I mean, I have an obscene number of hours in Steam for my favorite game. I will not disclose that number of hours at this present moment because it's obscene. (laughs) But you know what? Is it obscene? Because you're running your business. You have time for your family. You have time for what you want to do. It's something that you love. So I think it's great that you've got that opportunity and that freedom to do that. But, you know, I find that a lot of my clients feel that way, right? They feel like they always have to have their perfect face on. And that's kind of why part of everything I teach to my clients is you have to be on your marketing. It has to be about you. Why? Because people are going to buy from those they know, like, and trust. And if they see your marketing, right, if it's a social media post, if it's an email, if it's a podcast, whatever way they encounter you for that first time, and you've got one kind of persona, and then they end up working with you, whether that's in a group program, in a course, one-on-one coaching, if they end up working with you, And the way you talk, the way you talk about things, the way you interact with people, that sense of humor they saw, if that's not there or if it's completely different or if there's a a disconnect, then it kind of breaks the trust with your audience. And so people, you know, we have this idea of, oh, there's only one right way to do it. No, there's not one right way to do it. The right way to do it is the way you do it. And the right way for you to market yourself is the marketing you will actually do. 
and making sure that you are in your marketing. I'm a big proponent of you have to be in your marketing. That has to be number one with a bullet point. Because if you're not in your marketing, then why on earth would someone buy from you as opposed to somebody else? I don't care what it is you do. There's thousands of other people who do the same thing. And Mm -hmm. that's great because that means there are lots of people that need your help. But the reason they're going to work with you instead of somebody else is because of the way you do it. Absolutely. I love that. So a couple of weeks ago, I had this person leave a comment on one of my YouTube videos saying, you might want to be mindful because being a couple generations older than you, I was offended when you said pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I really appreciate the feedback. I want to say that. I really love the comment. However, pissed is like the most mild of, is that even an expletive? No, because uh, in England, it's slang for being drunk. Oh, yeah. I wasn't drunk. So anyway. You no, know, but I mean, it can mean angry. I don't feel that. I was angry. Right. But my mother probably wouldn't appreciate that word either. But I could have used so many other words. You know, I for the longest time, I wouldn't say brain fart because I was afraid of offending people. But it's language that I use in every single day. And Absolutely. learning gasms. I was afraid about saying learning gasms because I was afraid people would think it was like sexual. No, it's like the big aha that I get when I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and the way I got it was because I was watching some type of training video in bed and I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so you know, it builds the right picture in people's heads. But the question to ask then is, okay, if this woman's a few generations older than you, is she your ideal client? Right. Exactly. And that's, oh, I love that. What's it matter? Mm -hmm. I just had to finish that story though. So my husband's desk is in, is in our bedroom and he hears me go, oh, and he turns around like, no, 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 no. I'm watching a training video. I just learned something so cool. And then it was like, <laughs> that's an idea or that's chronic idea disorder at its best. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a learning gasm. I'm going to get t-shirts made. Thank you, by the way. I love when guests name their episode. So it's going to be the golden thread of business with there you. you so going Fantastic. back to my number of hours in that game, I think I heard, and this number could be a little bit low, but I think I've heard that the average American spends four hours a day watching television. And I think, yeah, I think I've heard that, or that sounds familiar. Which when you add that up is 1,460 hours. That when I was looking down, I was doing math <laughs> without my phone. That's a challenge. Look at this. I mean, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I mean, I actually did it with pen and paper. 1,460 hours a year mm-hmm. times five years that I've been playing this game is 7,305. Now, I do not have 7,305. I have less. So right now I'm feeling pretty good about myself. It's... <laughs> is in the six thousands, but <laughs> I played it with my family. So you know, well, family you time. It's, yeah, it's family bonding time, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, where do you want to spend your time? Mm-hmm. I was just at an event, and like half the people there, are like, yeah, I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. And I'm like, that's fine if that's how you choose to spend your free time. But I'm not going to look down on somebody because they choose to spend their entertainment time watching TV. I mean, right. a lot of TV shows nowadays are based off of books. So it's like, okay, it's just a different medium for mm-hmm. people to get the good novels. Yep. I've spent a bit of time during the quarantine catching up on Grey's Anatomy. I never watched when we had cable or had access to network television. So 
Netflix. I've made it through 12 seasons. <laughs> and the, there's that and many now? I stopped watching. No, there's ago. 16, but I'm on season 12 now. Oh so my goodness. <laughs> a couple hours or a couple episodes a week times mm-hmm. six months, you know, that adds up. It does. It does add up. But now I yeah. know what people are talking about. I mean, I never watched Sex in the City ever. I'm not going to start that now, but I always felt like I was missing something because everybody else had like the the sex in the city jokes or remember when Carrie did that? I'm like, okay, I know the characters' names because I've heard these stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, you would, you remind me of so-and-so on that show. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, there's always those shows that it seems like everyone in the world is watching. I'm like, I've never watched Game of Thrones and that's, you know, I remember winter is coming when everyone is talking, you know, winter is coming, winter is coming. I was like, okay, fine. But that's not what I wanted to watch. So it's not what I did watch. <laughs> I started on that. They were already on season six. Morning to you. If you start, it's highly addictive if, the, if it fits your personality. See, that's kind of, I think, one of the reasons I avoided it. Because I was like, at this point in time, I don't want to get into a show that I need to devote six years to. So I decided to not watch it, I think. And that's been my thought process for a lot of things. You know, and then, you know, a couple of years later, I may be like, all right, you know what? Now I'm looking for a new show where I can actually spend some time. So then I'll be open to it. But right now, it's that's not the case. I want to know, who is your ideal client? So my ideal client is a, a person who's looking to build a community around what they do. So I work with a lot of people who, you know, they've got some really great ideas, especially in, in the work-life space. That's what I really like. You know, people who are doing stuff around productivity, around balancing, you know, your, your work and life or, you know, integrating work and life, whatever you want to call it, and making sure to take care of yourself and your health as well as your business. So working with coaches who are looking to build a community around what it is that they're doing, the difference that they're making in the world. Because I'm not interested in working with people who are like, yeah, I want to work with someone for like two months and then I don't ever want to see them again. I think building a community is the best way for us to show up in the world and make an impact. And I want to work with people who are interested in not only getting new leads, because I feel so many marketing stuff out in the world is about leads, 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 forgetting the fact that each of those leads is a person. And if you want to have them in your business, if you want them to become customers, you have to nurture them. You have to talk with them. You have to, you know, make them a part of what you do. So, you know, the best fit for me are people who have a group program or a course and are looking to build a community around what they do. And usually that's a, you know, it's in the world of like entrepreneurs, work-life balance, that kind of thing. Was your ideal client Avatar 41 with five kids? Living in the Midwest. (laughs) So one of the things I teach, um, and I have a thing on the audience conversion method, hence the audience converter is the name of my business. And the first first pillar of that is audience. And I, I tell people, you know, you can have a gender and you can have like an age if it's important and relevant to what you do. So I don't really have an age per se. I do tend to say, you know, probably my ideal person's over 30 just because there's someone who's running their own business and they've been doing it for a little while. They have a product already. They have people who are happy with their work and are willing to share about it. And they're ready to take that next step and systematize their marketing and like do it with a plan in place. So they they tend to fall into that category. But I don't really have that person who it's like, oh, they have to be X, Y, Z. I mean... Sure, I could say somebody, my ideal person's probably mid to late 40s, you know, 
in this entrepreneurial world, probably left corporate and decided they wanted to make a change and show up in the world. But you would definitely fall into my ideal client avatar for sure. That is definitely something that would be the case. But you know, I want people to realize that when you're talking about your ideal client, it's not just an age and a gender. I meet so many people who it's like, oh, my ideal client is women who are 40 and looking to make a transition in their life. And I'm like, that's a really broad category. <laughs> or my favorite is I coach women between the ages of 25 and 50. Okay. And? <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, you've just described half the planet. Can we maybe mm-hmm. narrow it down a little bit? So I, you know, I feel Are like- they like, and I'm not trying to be morbid here, but mm. like widowed military wives who are looking to shift their life now that they've lost their spouse. You know, that is so specific, like right in there. It is specific and it doesn't have an age range you'll notice, but it is specific. Mm -hmm. It's got a clear idea and there's a plenty of people that fall into that category of what you're doing is going to help those people. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, you know, put an age, put a gender last or not at all. Because it's so much more important, you know, what is that problem that they're experiencing and how are you going to help them solve it? What did you do before you became an entrepreneur or have you always (laughs) been an entrepreneur? I have not always been an entrepreneur, but I definitely don't have a... And one of the things I talk about, I think, is, you know, there is no right path to becoming an entrepreneur. Like everyone has their own path. And I say I have one of the most varied backgrounds that you can find. But then I find people who have way more of a varied background than me. So, you know, I was one of those lucky people who graduated university during a recession. So I was like, well, I know exactly where I can get a job. I'll go teach English in Spain because I knew I could get hired. Uh, The requirements were be a native speaker, have a degree and apply early. So that's what I did. And I moved to Spain for a couple of years and did that. And then I got tired of that and was looking for something new. And I heard about this program where you could go live in New Zealand and work and travel for a year. So I was like, okay, I'll go do that. So I was a bartender and I ran an accommodation in New Zealand for a year. And then I stumbled upon copywriting uh, while doing that and travel writing. So I was like, oh, I like this. This is cool. This is so amazing. I've got so much potential with this thing and I will never stop learning because I love learning. I wasn't necessarily fond of school because school had like, you know, grades and rules and you could only, you know, get that very specific thing. But I love learning new things and I love, you know, being exposed to new things. That's why I love travel so much. So I kind of stumbled into copywriting. And while I was working 60 hours a week running an accommodation, I was also getting my copywriting training and certified in all my days off. So I definitely went all in. And as soon as I came back to the States, I went to my first conference, I landed my first clients and that was that. Oh, that's awesome. So I was an interior architect for a decade and lost my architect as opposed to an exterior architect. Yep. Yep. And I wrapped up my career designing schools and lost my job during when the recession of 2008 hit. So we had a little wavy road after that ended Mm. up um, rolling burritos at Chipotle where I was promptly kicked off the line because my burritos would fall apart. (laughs) And, you know, had another little job in between that and this, but where I am in Ohio, it's not exactly the Mecca of interior design, but I also realized that wasn't my calling just because I had a degree in it didn't mean that I had to stick with it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit jarring for my family because when people in my family would choose careers, that's what they would or when they would choose majors, that was their lifelong career. That doesn't work for me. 
So, and you know, it doesn't work for most people nowadays. I think they mm-mm. say that you're going to get like five to seven careers in your life yeah. now. One of my, my oldest is a, is a senior this year. My youngest are twins who are in kindergarten. Deep breath, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Deep breath. Yes. So he's about to start applying to college and I've been having this discussion with him for a couple of years. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And this first thing was accounting. And I said, why? Well, I heard they make good money. I said, well, you might want to talk to a few more people, but does that sound like something that would make you happy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Then let's, let's think about this a little bit further because I'm not going to tell them go become a doctor or a lawyer because I know, you know, they could make more. No way. My seven-year-old wants to have an ice cream truck. That is her career dream right now. Great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, is it, yes, okay, you make more money. But, you know, I know a couple of accountants and they're like, yeah, I can't do anything between the months of February and April, though, mm-hmm. because of tax season. You know, so what's that balance? Yes, you make more money, but do you have the time to enjoy that more money? Yep. Yep. And he's also a gamer too. I'm like, okay, let's, let's expand this. What could you do that would bring your passion in a little bit more? So he revised that. Now he's looking at computer engineering because he'd love to work on better components for computers that make computers that gamers use work better. Like, there you go, dude. That's that's cool. Yeah. He's like, I want to build better uh, graphics card. I'm like, okay. That you understand, that you can stand behind and you can use what you make. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, Kim, I'd love to know where people can find you online, the best way to connect with you and, and all that great stuff. Absolutely. So uh, you can find me at theaudienceconverter.com. Don't forget the the, theaudienceconverter.com. And, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Those are pretty much my places right now. I also have the podcast, The Audience Converter Podcast, that can hear more about me talking about marketing and going on rants there. And, uh, you know, I have a a gift for your people, if that's okay. Oh, I'd love that. So if you go to theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway, um, you know, we've talked a lot about being yourself in your marketing and how important that is. And I actually uh, lay out how to create emails that help you do that, help you be yourself and a couple of other guidelines to make sure that you can start building that community that uh, is going to be uh, the driving force behind your message and what you're doing. Amazing. Now, listeners, if you are driving try not to burn dinner, don't want to fall off the elliptical, what have you, you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP675 and you'll be able to find all the links, all of Kim's social media links, theaudienceconverter.com forward slash giveaway. I got that right, right? Yes, you did. All of those links plus a transcript, everything and more will be right there. So again, thekimsutton.com forward slash PP675. Do not try to go there while you are driving them, please. Please, no. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the things. Having a senior who's working on his license and a freshman who wants to get his as soon as he can, that's like the scariest thing for me. So just don't do it, okay, listeners? I want you to be listening for years to come. (laughs) Kim, this has been amazing. Thank you. I mean, I'm working on my community right now. I love what we talked about. I 
thank you for the tagline or the tagline idea for my challenge. And listeners, I would also love to hear what inspired you. So make sure to go over to that page and leave a comment below the show notes. Thank you, Kim, so much for the invite. It's been so much fun talking with you today. You too. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave listeners with? Absolutely. Um, You know, we've talked about this before, but no one else can be you. You are uniquely you. So you need to be you in your marketing. Your marketing is you. You are your marketing. Your marketing is your business and you are your business. So make sure that you are you in your marketing. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Ah!